Welcome to Funny As Tech, a podcast about our messy relationship with technology. And today we talk with Amanda Brennan from Tumblr about trends and memes. If you have any questions or comments regarding today's discussion, feel free to text or leave us a message at 646-687-6309, and your message might be featured on a future episode. I'm your co-host and comedian, Joe Leonardo, and remotely is... Tech ethicist David Ryan Polgar, and together we are... Funny as tech. Uh, Joe, you know... I think we need to talk about trends and memes more because area I'm fascinated with. I mean, obviously trends, you know, we're always focused on trends, but I remember recently we had Jamie Cohen on, uh, a meme expert, and I don't know uh, if it did the same thing for you, but it uh, certainly sparked a lot of interest on my end to, to actually dig deeper. Mm. So what, what did you think? I mean, because I, I was blown away by the fact that there might be this kind of, I don't know, uh, subtext of the internet that a lot of times we're, we're just not understanding. I love the discussion about it being uh, you know, uh, modern graffiti. How yeah. uh, back in the day you, you tagged the wall and that's how you express yourself. The, the talk about it being art, how it being expression. Um, very interesting. And we mentioned in the Jamie Cohen episode, we dabbled a little bit about uh, the Library of Congress and how it's yes, being right. how it's being viewed by others and the history, the 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 the, the history of its uh, impact. Uh, yeah, I'm very well, fascinated with memes. I wish I can create a meme that went popular. <laughs> that's that's why when I heard that that Tumblr had a, a meme librarian, I was like, man, this is uh, this is a necessary podcast. But you know, something I, I I'm definitely really fascinated with is the fact that trends they start super young, right? They start younger than than you and I. They, they're usually a bunch of like. 14, 15, 16 year olds, or uh, even if we think about major social media platforms that have grown, they're usually adopted by a younger demographic and then they start aging up, right? Even if we look at the, the history of, of Facebook, right? We forget that now, but, but Facebook started specifically just for colleges and universities. The and then Facebook. their expansion, the Facebook, right. And then their expansion, they actually aged down, they went to high schools. And then it wasn't until a little later that they said, wow, you know, let's let's open this up for everybody who wants to, to, to jump on the platform. And I think it's very similar to how a lot of trends uh, are, are starting, even when we think about language, like a lot of us are using language today that yesterday was, was something that uh, only 16 year olds were, yeah. were, were using. Yeah, you don't really see much senior citizens coming up with hot new lingo. You know, it's well, more of like the kids kind of create their own yeah, language it's, oh, and it's adopted yes, by it older... Is. Uh, folks. Yeah, and a lot of that, though, is, is actually for a practical purpose because, you know, when you think about high school and uh, college, the environment for trends and memes is, is actually really ideal because they're, they're heavily concentrated in groups and they can easily spread. And even when we use the terms that we use that are scientific, like viral and memes based on kind of like uh, mimetic of, of spreading from one uh, individual to to another, that's a lot easier when you're actually in kind of like a, a dorm room setting or or in kind of a high school where you're constantly interacting with all these different people and you use a phrase and another person hears it and then they spread it. 
Whereas the older you get, the more you're in kind of a home environment and then you see your workplace, you're not really in a environment that's conducive for, for the spreading of, uh, of trends. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Although I will, although I will say, you might appreciate this. <laughs> I had nothing to uh, say. No, but yeah, I, know, I, no. I, agree, I agree with that a hundred percent. It is, it's, it's just organic. It's an organic thing. I wonder if it predates language. Uh, you know, someone sparks a fire a certain way, and it's yeah. quicker. So then they spark a fire that way, and it. Oh it, yeah, you know, definitely. It's, it's not even a language thing. It's just a behavioral thing. Of course. Well, actually, I mean, every, everybody right now, they're talking about these mur- murder hornets, right? Yeah. Uh, but when you think about those hornets, there's certain, I believe it's in Japan, where the, uh, the bees have learned to combat the murder hornets. And no joke, what they do is they surround this murder hornet as, as soon as it's in the nest, and they, they heat up the temperature by, by kind of hyper flapping their wings, and it bakes the murder hornet which can't, can't uh, I guess, uh, can't be in that hot temperature, whereas the actual other bees are, are fine. So the point is, the uh, let's say in, in America or Europe, those bees, they haven't learned this behavior, mm. right? Because it's not like every single honeybee is going to get the same, uh, the same traits. It's something that was getting kind of passed, passed on. And that's, that's what we're thinking about with, uh, <laughs> with memes and uh, in any type of trend. So it's a really so kind of in, fascinating in, So fascinating in this, stuff. In this uh, example you're using, are, who's the murder hornet and who are the shaky bees? The shaky bees are the, the they're the, the, the ones in Japan that are trying to... No, 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 I mean for uh, your yeah, analogy yeah. for uh, memes. <laughs> oh, well, the, the analogy <laughs> is that the other bees in Japan have learned... But but because it, it's spreading like a meme, that's that's what a meme, a meme is doing. It's imprinting on the genetic material. Okay, so the right? meme, yeah. So the meme is the shaky bee, right? Yes. And then yes. The, so who's the murder hornet in your <laughs> in your no, scenario? No, no, no. The, you're you're getting <laughs> focused on. Get. I I wish the murder hornet had a different name because it, <laughs> it, it it's like an oxygen is sucker. It like an you, old, you mentioned the older generation, the older way of uh, like older. Now uh, let me bring let me break back Joe 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 Joe. No, here's what it, here's what I'm talking about. The in Japan, uh-huh. they they are used to the murder hornet. Mm-hmm. In the United States, they're yes. not. Therefore, in Japan, the bees have had time to spread the 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 uh, meme, yes. right? To spread this type of behavior. So because other bees in Japan have seen other bees do this, yeah. they've learned it. And now they can combat the murder hornet. I got you. Whereas in the United States, because the Japanese and American bees, they're not interacting, mm-hmm. right? They're not going to like a, you know, a bee Olympics. Uh-huh. Uh, they're, they're, they're not spreading this. So the <laughs> issue is somehow they need to, to to learn this i think we're getting distracted the murder hornet but but uh, coming back to trends are there are there any trends that that you uh particularly want to want to start you're a trendsetter uh am i sure yeah, I guess I'll in, take in that. this you know listen we're we're in front of the mics we can yeah, we can uh I guess we can so. be anybody with a podcast yeah. is a trendsetter but that's the beauty <laughs> of memes anybody could i think yeah. the beauty of viral memes is anybody could create them it doesn't need to come from kim kardashian or from mm-hmm. justin timberlake or whatnot or maybe a more modern reference but uh it could come from anybody they create something and it's it, it is funny funny is funny and if it if it becomes viral, it becomes viral. It doesn't matter who made it or whatnot. That's the beauty yeah. of memes. 
and the beauty of the anonymity of the internet. So I could create something. I just need to first be funny enough or be creative enough to create something. But it could <laughs> Although, be me. It could be me. I, I got to dig into that a little bit because what you said about memes kind of spreading or really trends in general or something going viral, right? I think we got something with what? this bee analogy. I think we might. turn into a I meme. Like you have a picture of a, of a murder hornet yeah. and a picture of the little vibrating bees around it. And then you label yeah. the murder hornet something and then the viral bees around it something else. And that yeah. will take off. And just good vibrations, you know? And then Ooh, because that's I'm what they're doing. This. <laughs> this is good. This, is, <laughs> this works. This works. But uh, yeah, I, I, what I was going with that too is that... Uh, I know on my end, uh, when you when you think about what it ends up getting popular, a lot of times people think that it, it kind of organically spreads. But then when they actually look beneath the hood, what they find is that it's usually a big bump that, that gives this exposure. And then more people, they, they have this self-reinforcing kind of, kind of theory behind it. So I'll give you uh, the, the, the uh, you know, good one that's timely because recently the, the individual behind the famous uh, double rainbow video, uh, he recently passed away. Sadly, yes, I read this. Yes. So uh, when they looked into that, that video didn't just like jump out of the gate and get millions of views. What happened was for whatever reason, somebody at Jamie Kimmel, uh, for his show, picked it up when it when it didn't really have that many views, and thought, "Wow, this is outrageous!" And then showed it, uh, you know, uh, and that gave it such a major exposure that the view count explodes to a certain level, and then that can be reinforcing because think about it: YouTube shows you the number of views, and you see it already yeah. has a lot of views, and that creates a certain bandwagon effect. Uh, There's so also the auto tune. Those auto tune guys was Shlomo Yo. Shlomo, there's a YouTube channel, I think I'm pronouncing it right, Shlomo Yo, and they auto-tune semi-popular videos, and they mm -hmm. make them even more popular because they turn it into a song. And the Double Rainbow song became huge oh, as well. Yeah. yeah, so it's funny how a meme can create a meme, can create a meme, can create a meme. You know, it's, there's, no, there's, there's no rules to this, but there seems to be some guidelines. And yeah. everyone seems to be following something, but yet nothing there's no no hard and stone rules if that makes sense there's a right, there's no hard westness to all of this which i love you always mentioned before about the early internet days and how yeah, you know yeah. every website had its own personality and uh, uh its own voice and now it's kind of you know cookie cutter everyone's trying to look corporate and all mm -hmm. that stuff but the meme culture is kind of a, a, a bucking back it's this yeah. very creative culture that is like you know we're, we're creating chaos and showing a voice in a very cookie cutter uh internet well if you've ever been to austin you know they always like to say keep austin weird people have bumper stickers uh you know i always jokingly say well you know how do we keep the internet weird because that's what a lot of people kind of kind of fell in love with so i think this is a good point uh let's let's bring in uh, our our guest for today so so today we're, we're talking with uh, amanda brennan she is the trend expert at tumblr and she's also a meme librarian so enjoy the conversation and again offer your your feedback because we're just uh we're diving right into to memes and trends and tell us if you agree or disagree or or think we are uh, losing it i feel like we're gonna get a lot of losing it <laughs> funny ass tech tech 
So Amanda Brennan, uh, I want to welcome you to Funniest Tech. Uh, one of the reasons why we really wanted you to, to join us is because, one, you have a really cool title. So we want you to tell us about your, your title. You are the uh, trend expert and meme librarian uh, at Tumblr. So first off, Amanda, uh, welcome to Funniest Tech. But tell us a little bit about your, your role. Well, thank you so much for having me. And my role is really fun because I get to look at all of the awesome things that happen in the Tumblr ecosystem. Um, I am a librarian. I got my master's of library and information science from Rutgers in 2011. So that's where the meme librarian comes from. Um, I really wanted to focus on the internet, social media, yeah. uh, things that made me a lot more excited. I mean, I love a book. Love a, love a library. Um, but I am in this... I feel like as a librarian, you have to throw that in. Yeah. Like, no offense. I love a good book, yeah. but I like a good meme. True. And like, I think of the whole internet as my library. Um, it's really fun mm. to kind of dive in. And Tumblr is so unique because people really come there to hone in on the things they love the most. So you'll get, like, really weird stuff, really fun stuff, but also, like, really honest and raw um, and like from the memes to like the text posts people share, it's just a really unique space that I love so much. I've been on Tumblr since 2008. So, so well, to give us a little context though, but have you, have you noticed Amanda that the, the audience has changed uh, over, over time? Yeah. Um, I feel like the audience has kind of evolved to like niche fandoms to bigger fandoms and like. Um, when I think of what people come to Tumblr to talk about right now, it's like right now Avatar The Last Airbender is having a huge, huge moment um, <laughs> because it just went up on Netflix and some people are watching it for the first time. Uh, same with Animal Crossing. And Animal Crossing, again, is like this legacy kind of um, game. But with the new game that just came out, I saw a really adorable post about someone who saw Hyacinths for the first time in real life. <laughs> and they didn't realize like they were a flower outside of the game. Um, so I think the way the community evolves is in what they talk about, um, not necessarily who they are. So with memes, uh, can you predict what's going to be popular and what's not like I feel like uh, you know uh, it's it's so organic, mm -hmm. right? You can't make a meme and know this is going to be the one. This is really going to hit. It takes like a website, uh, a website like Reddit or Twitter to really uh, uh, push something forward with retweeting. It's hard for a company to make a meme popular, right? What, what do you, I'll phrase the question this way: What do you see similar in popular memes, and could a meme? Uh, become popular through will? So that is a question that I have gotten many times in my career. Uh, going viral 100% is not something that you can force. It, it takes the combination of like the right people who make it and the right like person to amplify it. And I think so many memes that you see across the whole internet start on Tumblr. Um, we really are the home for a lot of this stuff. Like the 30 day challenge that everyone is, has been doing, um, on social, we traced that back <laughs> to the early 2010s. And I think it's, Tumblr is a really unique space where you can just like be anonymous and start something and then the right people will see it and maybe take it out of Tumblr and ignite it somewhere else. And I think it, it does take a whole internet to make a huge meme, but 
when it comes down to it, the people on Tumblr are so creative. Like the dress. The dress started mm-hmm. from a Tumblr post. Ha. Oh, Lord. I've gotten in many arguments <laughs> over that dress. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I will never forget the day that it was posted. Um, I was working late at the office and I was sitting, there were two of us in the office, me and our head copywriter. And I like dug into the back end to see if they were actually changing the image file. Um, and I was like, <laughs> I really I thought I was going to have like something was wrong with my eyes. Um, but yeah, that's something that like we could have never seen coming. But when you see it, like the first time Kate's Holderness saw the dress, she knew it was something good. Very important question. What side um, of the argument for the dress are you on? I can see both colors depending on how tired I am. <laughs> Same. It depends on my mood. It depends on what I ate earlier in the day. Yeah. If I had McDonald's, I see one thing. If I had Wendy's, I see another. It depends on, you might want to check that out, was... Joe. I don't know. That that might be another issue. <laughs> yeah, maybe it has something to do with my diet. I don't know. But but Amanda, I guess I, I'm curious if you're if you're framing it that uh, similar to Reddit that that Tumblr can be a breeding ground for trends. Why do you imagine that? Might might be the case, especially for, for your work as a kind of a meme librarian. Do you suspect that it's because Tumblr's demographic is leans on the young side and, and trends tend to start on a college high school level, right? It's not usually like middle-aged uh, Americans who are starting trends. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the younger people who are sparking all of this. And, and I think when I think about that, it's because they're, you know, digital natives. Like they can do things with phones that I can't even imagine. Like I remember a time where I had to dial up into my internet and I know I'm dating <laughs> myself by saying that, um, but the younger generations with every generation, they like recreate internet culture and they yeah. really uh-huh. drive it. And I think with Tumblr specifically, because you're going there for the things that you are most passionate about, the things that you love the most, you're not worried about who's going to see it. And you're not worried about like your parents finding out. Mm -hmm. Um, There's that a little bit of anonymity. And one of my personal favorite things is your follower count isn't public. So it's not a numbers game. So you can have 10 followers, but you can have the you know, this space to be creative and make this amazing post and the right people see it, the right people reblog it and bam, like you have created the next hot meme. Um, there's a lot of well, I guess, uh, Yeah, freedom. Well, I, I guess that's the question I have for you, Amanda, since you, since you bring it up with uh, kind of your own kind of history or my own history of seeing the web kind of grow and the, the idea of uh, the open web at first was to kind of, uh, you know, massively uh, increase creativity. Where, where do you see that? Where do you see that going right now? I mean, you, you mentioned that, hey, you know, on Tumblr, every every uh, new generation is recreating internet culture. Where is internet culture at in, in 2020? Because obviously that's, that's a hot debate right now because you're mentioning, uh, you mentioned anonymity or, or having a pseudonym, how that was kind of the original idea of the, of the web, how, hey, nobody knows if you're a dog on the internet as the famous New Yorker uh, cartoon goes. And that was supposed to really take off the shackles of, of identity that can oftentimes hold us down in uh in modern life uh based on our culture based on our family things like that where do do you see that going uh in 2020 um it's interesting because at the beginning of the year i would have never predicted we'd be where we are and Mm -hmm. um the way that people have been responding to 
the state of the world we're in right now um, has really been diving back into the comforts of their youth. So like fantasy, we've seen Twilight have a huge renaissance, um, which has been wild to see memes about Edward Cullen <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, it's so funny because that's not that old. Yeah. Um, but when you think about like the younger generation, when they were, you know, 10, that was that was the yeah, right thing. Yeah, and, that's true. Um, I think about this a lot. I'm very old in the context of the internet. Um, <laughs> Say, I'm, I'm 33, so I'm basically a thousand years old when it comes to the internet. Same, I'm internet years. Internet years, yes. Um, but, I think internet years and dog years are roughly the same <laughs> conversion. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, when, I, when I think about the things that I did 10 years ago, like I was an adult, I'd never gone into Twilight, but now like, there's kind of this reclamation of what used to be called like cringe culture mm-hmm. and a lot of people just being like you know what i like twilight this is bad and i like it and <laughs> the the impetus to acknowledge the things that maybe aren't necessarily like it's not going to win an oscar but mm-hmm. i really mm-hmm. identify with it and it makes me feel something you know, it's just like the prequels for Star Wars. I think when the prequels came out, people saw them as cringe, kind of. They, they, you know, Star Wars fans, Star Wars fans were really upset about it. But now there's a whole generation that were very young when it came out, and they're like, "No, we we like it." It started maybe as a joke with a bunch of memes, um, the like I I like I don't like sand meme or you know all that stuff. But um, now people are genuinely talking about how they're good stories that they really you know like them uh in regards to the the medium for memes right because right now it's just a image uh either like a stock photo or taking from a piece of pop culture uh do you see in the future memes evolving into maybe a different kind of format or something like that Yeah, so I come from a school of thought where I think of memes as much more than just a picture. So the definition I always go to is uh, a piece of something, whether it be content, like textual, uh, sound, uh, that uh, is shared from person to person and evolves along the way. So when you think about um, the the dress as a meme, like the idea of finding these images, and um, then you think of Laurel and Yanni and the idea of finding sounds that can do that. So that that's the perfect uh, example of how a meme can iterate. And like people are now always looking for like, oh, where where is this kind of thing that's going to trick my eye or trick my ear? So I think the way that internet culture has kind of evolved is we see memes really transcend the old school uh, um, advice animals or rage comics. Although rage comics are also, you know, kind of having a moment. <laughs> uh, people will come back. I see people use um, the little emoticons of the rage comic faces, and it, it boils down to kind of this this search for identity and the search for using images or like uh, snow clone kind of phrases like X all the Y to again date myself with an old meme. Um, but just kind of these gloves that you can easily fit on when you're having feelings that maybe you don't understand or don't want to process as much. Um, you can easily just fall into kind of this mimetic vibe and have the memes explain your your deepest feelings for you. Even if it's like a shitposting meme, like at the end of the day, it's it's a feeling that you have and you're translating it in this kind of like language language context. 
So, uh, Amanda, if we if we consider memes then as a language, that would mean that right now uh, the the internet has a, a language that many of us don't understand. Your background as a librarian, uh, obviously, librarians uh, you have been heavy into pushing things like digital citizenship, digital literacy. Where do you see that role in in trying to increase this meme literacy? Because frankly, it seems then then a lot of people uh, are are not at the same level of understanding the subtext, right? If, if we're thinking of it in like a, like an iceberg, a meme can have the subtext of understanding that is below the surface that, that we're not seeing if we're constantly just looking at the, the top of the iceberg. That reminds me of the, um, the reply all section. Uh, yes, yes, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think the more, the more Gen Z grows up and evolves and becomes these trendsetters, like we're, we're never going to see the whole iceberg as we grow up. And um, that's okay. Cause memes are less about like the, the deepest, darkest thing that it references uh, and more about how you see them and how you relate to them. Um, yeah. You got the context and context is so important. And I think again, like know your meme, I used to work there too. Um, does an amazing job at tracing down the creators and the people who are in the images and they're doing really thoughtful research. And I think that stuff is important to know, but at the end of the day, like it's, it's how you're figuring out your identity and understanding the context of it in relation to whatever conversation you're having. Like mm-hmm. that's more important than like the exact pronunciation of a meme. And I, I think like as as any language evolves, you think about slang and um, as 30 year olds, we're never going to (laughs) know, like we're always going to look like hello fellow kids if we're using (laughs) all of the slang. We're all a bunch of Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Um, And I think that's just another way to think of memes is like the slang of the internet language. Yeah. It's like you were saying, uh, it's the same story, different book. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I just feel like uh, the years are getting uh, shorter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where language is evolving a lot quicker than it used to. Let's say it would be like a, a genera- uh, be generational, right? Mm-hmm. There'd be dude, and then they'll be lit, and they'll be savage or whatnot. I don't know. Dude is from the 1950s, <laughs> and then lit and savage are from the past five years. Anyways, uh, but now it's things evolve so quickly with memes kind of leading the way mm-hmm. that... You know, being 30 feels like being 60 in 1990, you know, Uh, we age out so much quicker. Mm -hmm. But I feel like we're also at the age where we have our own memes that like only 30 year olds. Very true. Um, I work very very closely with the Tumblr social team and some of the stuff we put on Facebook is a little bit older and uh, always a good fallout boy meme will do so well there. (laughs) Like, oh. And anything about My Chemical Romance, although MCR, like, defies generations. Um, <laughs> everyone can, I'm not okay drops, and, like, you feel it. <laughs> well, it's interesting, too, how a meme can also be a point of reference for a younger audience mm-hmm. that might not have had familiarity with a character. And I'm thinking specifically about the uh, Crying Jordan meme. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember reading that for a lot of teenagers, <laughs> 
they thought of Jordan first as, hey, he's the, he's the guy from the meme, as, a, as opposed to yeah. uh, potentially the greatest uh, player of all time in the NBA. So, you know, I, I wonder if he was motivated by the crying Jordan meme to say, you know what, I need to get that ESPN special out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I think I'm, I'm going to do that documentary. Uh, People need to know my I think history. it's about time. I think it's about time. But uh, Amanda, what have you been surprised with, uh, I guess, looking at at these these fandoms and trends? Because I think what's, what's tricky about anything dealing with trends is that everything that becomes mainstream starts on the fringe, but everything on the fringe doesn't become mainstream, right? So as a, as a trend expert, it's got to be difficult in determining what is going to stay in the fringe and what extends, right? Because a lot, a lot of things might start on the fringe, even if we think about something major that we all use, like emojis, right? That was for a while that, that, that was over in, in Japan. And then Americans were reading about this. Hey, what's going on? How are they communicating differently? And now everybody in their mother's hairdresser uses an emoji, right? So uh, I'm curious uh, of, of how you, you think about uh, trends and what's going to, I guess, cross over to the mainstream. What's going to basically age up from like the 16-year-old to to all of us talking here? Um, I think the one that really is the best example of this, even though it's not as surprising, is cottagecore, um, which is the trend of like wanting to look at images of cottages or like being in the woods or baking pies and kind of that that homey like i i call it a chosen isolation um which like as we are all in a forest isolation we saw huge huge spikes in cottage core starting in march but people on tumblr have been using this tag and um kind of basing it in cottage rich ideals um for a few years now so I think that was a really great example of something that was always kind of on the fringe. The conversation was bubbling on Tumblr and like this little magic-y, little like I'm gonna bake my pie um, and put extra love into it. And then when we got to this point where people were choose- like having to be isolation, like it went fully mainstream. Um, mm-hmm. And we saw it in our top, we do, um, we can review every week on fandom.tumblr.com where we publish the top 20 trends. Um, we also do like lists of TV shows, movies, all of that. Mm-hmm. But the top 20 is agnostic of type. And when we saw Cottagecore up there in the top 10, we were like, whoa, like usually it's just the hottest TV shows and the characters in them. Um, I think of like when She Ra dropped, it was all She Ra and She Ra ships. <laughs> uh, shipping is like Tumblr's favorite sport. So are, you're familiar with shipping, <laughs> yes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just like to check. Um, and <laughs> well, yeah, so we saw Cottagecore hit that level of conversation. We're like, whoa, this is it. So I guess I, I'm curious of how much right now you think that memes can kind of wag the dog with content creation. I'll give you an example is that there's a lot of memes for uh, Saved by the Bell, right? I'm thinking specifically, I probably used the Jesse Spano one where she's so excited uh, where she was on speed. Uh, it was kind of like a, you know, a, a dare against drugs type of type of commercial. And uh, anyhow... Now they're talking about bringing back Saved by the Bell in some type of iteration. How much do you think that their content team or their writer's room, really, how much do you think they're influenced by seeing what people are talking about on on Tumblr and other platforms? Yeah, I think that's definitely being taken into consideration. Uh, Kind of goes back to that nostalgia vibe that we were talking about a little earlier. Um, I think of Glee as well. 
uh, Glee is one of those fandoms that like you never can quite leave. Um, and it's, it's something that really influenced a lot of people. And then Ryan Murphy posts like, here is how I would recast Glee right now and do a reboot myself. Um, people are always interested in revisiting these stories <clears throat> that really mean something to them. I just read a article about Gargoyles. Do you oh, remember that show yeah. from the 90s? <laughs> yeah, so it just got added to Disney Plus and the uh, creator of it is losing his mind. He's like, I, he really wants there to be a new following to it. And he's kind of setting in motion a plan to maybe redo season three oh, wow. and maybe do live action or something like that. But it, it's kind of the opposite effect. He saw it placed on this platform and he's like, please go out and watch it and share it. We want to bring this back. They know the, they know the power of these streaming services mm-hmm. and nostalgia. And if people just get that spark rekindled in their brain and their love for gargoyles or whatnot anyways great show <laughs> my wife and i watched it we love it oh, love uh this is just a pitch to bring back gargoyles <laughs> yeah i think we've seen that too with avatar uh the mm-hmm. last airbender i have learned so much about that show because the second it was put on netflix that was all tumblr could talk about um <laughs> and i am one of those people that like i don't really like animation uh which is surprising for the type of work i do and um, <laughs> I tried to watch it. Man, I think I'm just going to read Wikipedia so I know, so I can understand. <laughs> I learned about Cabbage Man. Like, there's there's memes within the show that are now coming back because a new, new fresh set of eyes are looking at it. Yeah. How do you sleep at night? Do you ever feel like you can't uh, keep up? You know, because I like if I was in your position, I'd be constantly worried that I'm, I'm, missing, I'm missing something. Yeah. Uh, I had to deal with learning how to manage FOMO a lot. Um, I think it's understanding that like, I could, I could scrape the top of everything and kind of get it. And, um, I have a, I read a lot of Wikipedia pages. Like that's how I basically watch a couple (laughs) TV shows, just reading the Wikipedia synopsis. Oh yeah, you're so much more learned that way. You know, I, I think Amanda, for your your final question, uh, I'm curious. We, we like to make a lot of predictions on this the show, uh, so then we can go back into the archives and see if we uh, should have invested somewhere or if we were wildly off base. So from everything you're you're seeing with your role at, at Tumblr, uh, what's a what's a prediction you can make or a trend that you think might have lasting impact uh, post COVID? Oh wow. Um... Like, how are we going to be different on the on the other end? Because we, you know, we want to be at the, see the light at the end of the tunnel. And we're curious of how this very long staycation a lot of us are, are having, uh, you know, how we're going to, you know, be altered. Also, no pressure. No, no pressure. pressure at all. Um, I, I think we're going to see, like, a renaissance with The Sims. Um, something that we've been tracking is there is uh, a tag called Simbler, which is the Tumblr community of people who make content in The Sims. And um, they've been coming together to recreate things. So uh, someone did the Met Gala, or Met Gala, sorry, mm-hmm. I always mispronounce that, um, in The Sims. We've seen quarantine challenges. And my absolute favorite one is someone recreated the show Double Shot at Love. And they made two, I, I believe they're sisters in the, Sim, in the Sims, and they're 
doing a dating game. So other Tumblr users have to submit their sins to participate in the dating game. And I think we're going to see oh, more wow. creativity oh. with that. I think we're going to see people pushing the boundaries of what simulation games can do. Um, I see this in Animal Crossing too. Uh, my friend who is a librarian up in Massachusetts made a library in her island and is using it for like actual library events with voice chat and um, trying to rethink how we interact with each other when we're not physically together. I like that. It's a good way. Good, good closing. So uh, Amanda Brennan, uh, thank you for coming on Funniest Tech. As a reminder, Amanda, you are the uh, trend expert at Tumblr and also uh, meme librarian. How can people uh, get in contact with you if, if they want to reach out after, after listening? Yeah. So my website, my Tumblr is memelibrarian.com. Very easy to know. Uh, I post a lot of cats. And I'm on pretty much everything as continuance, which is a fancy word for vowels. I thought it was going to be a linguist, and I got that really wrong. So um, you can find me pretty easy to find. Awesome. Well, Amanda, thank you for coming on Funniest Tech. Thank you so much. That's it. Thanks for listening to the Funniest Tech podcast. New episodes are every Monday. You can text or call us at 646-687-6309. Leave us a message and it might be featured on a future episode. Please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. That really helps us out. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the handle at FunnyAsTech. And for more information, go to www.funniestech.com. Funny as tech. Tech.